$200 gift card to Albertsons and a $200 gift card to the Holiday Station Store. Good luck from all of us at ERA Care Realty. We're about more than real estate. We're about family, friendship, and community. Did you know that Sheridan has some of the most advanced surgical technology in the country? Sheridan Memorial Hospital's state-of-the-art Da Vinci robotic system allows our highly trained team of surgeons to perform above and beyond traditional methods, offering a shorter hospital stay, less pain, and reduced recovery time with a safe, minimally invasive procedure. Learn more at SheridanRoboticsSurgery.com. Sheridan Memorial Hospital, award-winning healthcare right here at home. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has been serving Sheridan since 2010. With all these years of experience, you can rely on them to handle all of your plumbing and heating needs. From new construction to remodels, repairs of existing systems to retrofitting, Wrap Plumbing and Heating can do it all. They are professional, clean, and courteous. Call 429-1196 for all your plumbing or heating needs. As we like to say, if you find a leak, let Dan take a peek. Hi, this is Liz Kincaid, host of the new video podcast called Sheridan County Ag Today. Join me this week as I visit with Joe Smith, founder of Best of the Rest Steer Riders, and Isabella Yellowtail, Sheridan Wire Rodeo co-senior princess. Both organizations have events coming up on March 18th right here in Sheridan. You can find my video podcast each week and other interviews under the podcast tab on SheridanMedia.com. So join me, Liz Kincaid, host of Sheridan County Ag Today on SheridanMedia.com. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, with the increased snowfall, roads that are typically dangerous have been even more so this winter season. In just the first six weeks of 2023, 20 people have lost their lives on Wyoming's roads. Many roads have been closed multiple times this year, and there have been countless vehicles that have been slid off into the ditches. They've been involved in fender benders, and even some of our troopers have been hit by large truck trailers this year. This morning, I am joined by Wyoming Highway Patrol Lieutenant Eric Jorgensen, who knows firsthand the dangers of this winter season. Good morning, LT. Morning, Floyd. How you doing? I'm I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we're not we're not yeah. doing this over the phone in the middle of a blizzard. 
Like your text yesterday, it's going to snow tomorrow because we have the radio yep. show. And so I was pretty darn happy that I'm like, got up this morning. And, hey, look at that. <laughs> Broke the curse. Shining. We got it. We got through it. <laughs> Broke the curse. So, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. It's, it's good to be here. It's good to see you face to face. Yeah, I know. It's been uh, a minute. Usually you've been out there on the road. And this winter season has really been a bear. Yeah. It's been – guys are tired. Guys yeah. are wore out. They're – they're ready for some spring weather. Um, but every one of them that I talk to are like, but I know it's not over. I know we still have a few big spring storms that are coming. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, there's there's definitely still that hesitancy of, you know, it's going to be nice today. Weather's going to be nice today. And it's going to get them all excited about warmer weather. But every one of them are like, yeah, but I know it's not over. <laughs> but another one's coming. Yep. I, that's kind of the routine now, isn't it? Oh, I, it is. Enjoy the down times. Enjoy the spring. Mm-hmm. As much as you can. Um, driving over my morning commute, it's kind of the same thing. It's really, this year has really made me appreciate when the roads are clear. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it's it's just been so dang slick out there. And do you uh, feel that this winter has been rougher than others in, in the recent past? I, I know I asked you this question last time, but for those who weren't listening then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think in the seven years that I've been up here, this is, this is the, the worst winter that we've had since I've been up here and even trying to talk to some folks that have been around the Sheridan area for a long time. I've heard a lot of guys compare this winter to the winter of 1984. Um, some of the old timers that have been around here for a while, they're like, Oh, I remember 84. They were like, this is close to that. Maybe not quite as bad as what 84 was, oh, but wow. this is, this is close. And I'm like, man, that's, it's a lot of snow. Yeah. We, we we've got a lot of snow on the ground. And uh, what what are your other uh, districts saying, especially the ones down there on the I-80 corridor? I mean, how bad is it? I've seen some photos. Yeah. They don't look good. Yeah. So my first big winter when I was a troop down in Rock Springs was the winter of 07, 08. And um, we actually even had hat. It was so bad that we made hats called that were Broken Arrow hats and that we were calling Broken Arrow. We needed <laughs> anybody and everybody that could come help. And talking to one of my best friends um, is a lieutenant, my same position in Rollins. Um, and he said that this winter is way worse than what 0708 was. Really? Um, especially for the Rollins area. My sister lives just south of Rollins. And they've got drifts that they're like, I don't know when when these drifts are ever going to go away. Like, these are huge. Like, as tall as their house. Wow. Um, kind of drifting that they're dealing with. And so, um, yeah, it's they're getting hammered. And... We've just gotten to the point now that we don't really have anywhere to put snow. So as soon as the wind picks up, it's drift and I-80 shut again. And that's one of the big battles that they're fighting right now is trying to get some of that snow out of there so they can limit that drifting problem. But that's been a big issue, and that's been something that they're going to continue to fight until we can get some good warm days and put a good crust and a thick, heavy crust on this snow. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, that's something that, I didn't really think about it until just now. We can plow those roads 50 mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. but we're still just tossing it off to the side of the road. Yep. And and that wind is just going to put it right back, sometimes within 20, 30 minutes. Oh, if if that. Yeah. If that, really. Yeah, when it gets blowing hard, I mean, it takes minutes to put that back on there. They've actually contracted with um, snowcat companies, so people that do grooming on trails. They've got snowcats that are down there trying to push the snow out beyond the right-of-way fences. Oh, wow. So they're trying to really move that snow a long ways out and 
create a flat level surface because if it's nice and flat and level, the snow will just continue to carry on. So it won't get caught up or built up on anything. So they're trying to do that, but there's just so much snow down there that they're, they're dealing with um, wildlife. Elk are camping out in the middle of the interstate right now because they're just trying to find food. Yeah. And so someplace where there's no snow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there's wildlife all over the interstate down there right now. Um, it's, it's, it's a, a war zone as Tyler <laughs> it really puts it. He's is. like, his, this is, this is gnarly down here. And you know, the Rollins area, uh, boy, the wind in that area is just punishing. Uh, you know, I, I've spoke with multiple people in the past about, I'm okay with minus 40 below. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel that bad as long yeah. as there's no wind. But the minute that wind picks up, it just cuts you right to the bone. Oh, man, yeah. And, and if you throw any humidity to it, I think that's where we get lucky here is that our cold is a dry, dry cold. And so it doesn't it doesn't get near as bad. You see the temperature and you're like, wow, that's miserable cold. But it really doesn't feel that bad. And exactly that is anytime the wind picks up or you put any moisture to that temperature and it's you feel it. I mean, we've got some bad sections up here uh, from, and, and in my experience, it's from Sheridan to Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Piney Creek area, that drop, uh, that kind of that valley just fills yep. up so quickly. And and I know uh, me and Trevor often talk about it. You know, he's always telling me, be careful out the, on those roads. And he always says, especially Piney Creek, and boy, mm-hmm. he's right. You know, he was the first one to tell me that's going to be the bad spot. And it's been the bad spot since then. I think he cursed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, and that's, that is, we've dealt with, I was just talking to one of my guys this morning about um, this winter and asking him some more about it. And uh, he said, since he's been up here and he's been up here for not quite five years. So he's like in the four years that I've been here, uh, this is definitely the most we've ever closed I-90 between Sheridan and Buffalo. He's like, I don't remember us ever closing the interstate this much yeah. between towns. And a lot of that is that stretch right there at Piney Creek that creates those horrible visibility issues. Nobody can see. It's drifting in really quickly, and we just have no choice. But our plows can't keep up with it. And when you can't see, I mean, it's just not safe. Yeah, agreed. Um, and And... The fog, I think it was, what was it, last week in that area, mm-hmm. just, it was like a wall. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, two feet out of the fog, you could see clear as anything. Mm-hmm. Two feet into the fog, you were blind as a bat. Yep. I mean, it was really impressive to see, because I drove from here back home, and I thought, ah, I got this. This is no worry. And then I hit that fog. <laughs> it's like, okay, a little bit of worry. Yeah. It had to yep. slow down pretty quick. Now, um, we've talked in the past about the conditions that do cause you to close those roads. Uh, we know visibility is a big one. Um, are there other factors that you take into account? Um, I mean, we've seen these roads this year just like glass at some mm-hmm. points. Yeah, so um, visibility is definitely the biggest one. Um, That's really the number one. If you can't see, it's not safe for us to allow traffic to continue on that road. And so if 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 the wind is picked up, if it's snowing hard, we're gonna we're gonna shut the road down because of visibility. That is our number one reason why we shut the road down. Um, The other reason is snow accumulation that our plows can't keep up, especially if it's drifting. So if we've got drifting issues that are so bad that um, like we said, I mean, you figure a plow is going to run about 30 miles an hour when it's moving snow. 
Um, and so to, for it to run a 10-mile stretch of road, then turn around and come back, and they're only hitting one lane each time, mm-hmm. and then they have to hit the other lane each time. By the time they're back to that initial lane, it's already drifted close again. Yeah, it, it's not worth. Again, we're just not. We're not making any progress. And you're we're in a not sinking creating. boat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're. You've got a boat that's sinking, and you've got a little cup that you're trying to throw water out of. It's just not going to work. So um, those are those are our two big issues as far as con- road condition itself, with it being just straight glass ice slick. We're we're not going to close the road for that. We're going to just ask people to be responsible and drive at a reasonable speed to be able to traverse those conditions. The plows are going to be out there and trying to put some sand down, um, some surface treatment to, to allow you to have a little better traction. But, um, usually when it comes to just road condition itself, we're not going to try and close that road. We're going to try and keep that open. Um, that the, the importance of allowing people to freely move about, right. Is, is important to us. And Wyoming is definitely that state that, we don't want to restrict or inhibit somebody from being able to go from one place to another um, unless we absolutely have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I've always really appreciated that. Um, you know, I've been, I believe it was over in Oregon. If it got slick, they shut everything down. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I could drive that, you know, 20 miles an hour, still 20 miles in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I, yep. can, I can get there. Yep. Uh, slow and steady wins that race. Now for those folks who, who are a little impatient, do you have a lot of people drive around the gates in this area? We do. We definitely do. Um, one of the difficult areas that we're trying to get cleaned up is we don't have any way of closing um, the highway up to Story. So US 87 up to um, Story. We leave that open because there's a lot of people that live out there. So they need to be able to get from Sheridan to their home. And there's no real good break or delineation between where home is and where town is to put a gate and say, look, we know that you live out here, but you can't drive into town or you can't drive back out. So closing that stretch of road is hard. And so we don't have any way of doing it. So we leave that road open to allow people to get home. Well, by doing that, that allows then other travelers that are coming through the area to, they look on their GPS and go, oh, look, well, this road's open and it gets them to Piney Creek. So it gets them to exit 44. And we don't have any gates at exit 44. We have a big sign with two red flashing lights that say road closed. Um, And because there's no physical barrier there, I think that that's what causes our biggest issues is that we have a physical barrier in Buffalo. We have a physical barrier in Sheridan on the interstate, but there is no physical barrier there at that exit. And by not having that physical barrier there, people will ignore that sign and that flashing light and get on the interstate and continue going. So Wow. That's definitely our biggest problem area. Um, we'll put troops. If we have a longer closure and we can get guys there, we'll have guys that'll sit at the Mead Creek exit and then go sit at the Piney Creek exit to tell people that it's closed. Like, there's a reason we have this road shut down. We don't need you traveling on these roads. Now, we do have other methods, though, and other ways to get people to and from. So if, like for you, living in Buffalo and working up here, we have what's called the the YTAP program, um, which is the authorized travel program. So you can sign up. So if we have a road closure because of bad road conditions in the Piney Creek area, right? Because we can only shut the interstate down in Buffalo and in Sheridan, we can have people sign up for the authorized travel program. With that authorized travel program, 
they can be given a, a passcode if we enact that that YTAP is in is um, in authority. Then they come up to the gate. They tell the trooper, hey, this is the code that I have. And uh, they're like, okay, go up to Piney Creek, get off at Piney Creek, go up around through Story, and you can go to Sheridan. Really? So so we do have that, and we do put that in every once in a while. If you're signed up for the program, you'll get notified when it has been authorized. So um, if you go to www.yoroad.info, um, you can go onto that website there and sign up for that uh, travel authorization program. That's fantastic. I did not know that that was something that we could do. So, yeah, for local people that are having to get between Sheridan and Buffalo, that is available to them. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And uh, I'll, I'll get the links to that yeah, get those on, on the site today. I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, I got to take a quick commercial break. More with the Wyoming Highway Patrol when we return. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Power Sports. Tommy, hi. I'm kind of sad. Snowmobile season is coming to an end, but you know what that means. Say Pat these days? No, I'm talking about spring break for 2024 Ski-Doo and Link Sleds. What's spring break? It's when you can pre-order one of the 2024 models and get an extra year of warranty or $750 worth of parts and accessories for free. I guess it's time to spread the word about spring break. It is. Stop in before March 31st to put your deposit in for your dream machine. Visit Sheridan Power Sports for your spring break needs. If you're looking for bulls, raise with the commercial rancher in mind. Attend the Elk Angus Bull Sale Tuesday, March 21st at the ranch south of Buffalo. Selling are over 40 range-ready bulls raised in the rocks and sagebrush at the base of the Bighorns. If you're looking for bulls that make problem-free cattle with longevity, fertility, and performance, visit Elk Angus Ranch March 21st for the annual bull sale. Sale time is 1 o'clock sharp, also carried live on DV Auction. For more information, including catalog and videos, visit elkangus.com. Crackleton's Fine Food and Spirits invites you to enjoy our lunch menu with popular choices like our ahi tuna bowl with ahi tuna, soy marinade, peanuts and scallions, wonton chips, wasabi aioli, and sesame seeds. Or our turkey lettuce cups, Asian ground turkey, lettuce, cilantro, peanuts, hot sauce, or maybe our fish and frites, battered cod, shoestrings, and spicy slaw. Lunch at Crackleton's, where good food is good mood on Main Street, downtown Sheridan. A group that's been captivating global audiences since 1973. San Jose Tyco takes the Wyo Theater stage Tuesday, March 21st at 7 p.m. Inspired by traditional Japanese drumming, company performers express the beauty of human spirit through the voice of the Tyco, creating a vibrant contemporary art form which connects people through cultural understanding and creative expression. Tickets are available now through the Wyo box office or online at wyotheater.com. Crackleton's fine food and spirits for dinner tonight. How about Andy's chilled pasta salad with shells, lemon basil aioli, oven dried tomatoes, and breaded chicken? Or the Frack Burger, a six ounce hand patted beef with avocado spread, bacon, butter, lettuce, Thousand Island, and brioche bun. Or try our tenderloin filet. 
bacon, onion, gorgonzola sauce, sweet potato pave, spinach chiffon day. Be sure to ask your server about Frackleton's wine pairings for your selection. It's time to spring into action and bid on the Spring Into Savings online auction at ShredAmedia.com. We've got plenty of items for spring cleaning, health, wellness, just for fun, restaurant certificates, retail store certificates for Sheridan and Buffalo restaurants. You can place bids on golf, movie theater, dog training, spas, and tons of items for your spring projects. You can even set your high bid so you don't have to keep coming back. Browse items, place your bids on the Spring Into Savings online auction at sharedamedia.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by the First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This winter season has been rough on Wyoming's roadways. Fatalities are high for this time of year. Please use caution. Even on roads, you know. Take your time when things get slick. My guest this morning is Wyoming Highway Patrol Lieutenant Eric Jorgensen. We've been discussing how rough this winter has been, and I'm willing to wager that many of the troopers out there are are really looking forward to spring, the likes of which they probably haven't in years. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. now, uh, what are you looking forward to this spring, LT? Um, so if I can catch it before runoff, so as soon as the ice comes off the water, before heavy runoff comes, some uh, some fishing would be wonderful. And then once runoff hits, then there isn't fishing for a while because yeah. it's just hard to fish in runoff. So, oh yeah, gosh. but uh, um, I'm really looking forward to that. I like to get up in and hike back in Little Horn Canyon. That's one of my favorite places to go hike into. Um, so I'd love to get back up in there again. Um, but be able to honestly see my yard is <laughs> going to be pretty darn impressive. I haven't seen my yard since I think November, maybe, and I don't even know if I saw it in November. Yeah. So to be able to see my yard and would be incredible right now we're dealing with an issue because it warms up everything kind of melts and everything begins to puddle Mm -hmm. and uh there's a bit of a path right around the deck and it's wore down just enough to start gathering that water Mm. and so the route that the dogs take in the mornings and the evenings when we let them out is now just this perfect yellow brick road of ice (laughs) you know just it's so slick uh, even my dog has lost her footing, and I watched her fall the other day trying to get around a corner at top speed. She just can't hold it. Man. So it's, I, I understand your want for that. I, I miss grass. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I, it just feels like, it, to me, February just felt like the longest month of the year. It, was, it took a while to get through February. It really did. Uh, some long, long days in there. Now... How often does the highway patrol get an opportunity to train? Uh, I've talked to other law enforcement agencies regarding kind of their training schedules or Mm -hmm. throwing up, you know, hands to go to various schools. How does the highway patrol coordinate those? Yeah, so we have we have training that we consider mandatory training that we require every trooper to go through every year. Um, Those perishable skill stuff. So we do. Uh, mandatory firearms training that we do twice a year. We do a mandatory custody control class that every trooper is retri- required to go through every year. We do, um, we just finished. In fact, uh, two of my guys right now are traveling the state as instructors um, teaching a uh, basic lifesaver course. So every trooper will be 
um, trained similar to like your very entry level EMT um, is what we train all of our troopers to. We just got them. We got a really awesome grant given to the state that allowed our agency to purchase uh, complete basic lifesaver bags. Oh, that's fantastic. So every trooper has a basic lifesaver bag with an AED in their car. And so they're going around doing that. I just did mine two weeks ago um, over in Gillette. I did my recert and refresher for CPR and basic lifesaver stuff. So we just finished all that. Um, and so they're doing that, which has been really good. And th- this was a needed update for us too. The bag that I had, my little my little first aid bag that I had, I had dressings in there and stuff in there from 1977. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, so it wow. Was, it was way overdue. So this grant was fantastic. It was a local organization in the state of Wyoming that said, look, this is important. And where we live in the state of Wyoming, being very rural, we want people to be able to be well-equipped to have to handle something if it's going to be a while before the experts can get there. And so when you see a black car show up, there will be a basic lifesaver bag in that vehicle with a lot of airway stuff, a lot of stop the bleed stuff. So um, and these guys are these guys are trained up for it. So that's fantastic to yeah. hear. That sounds like uh, uh, military's version would be the combat lifesaver, right? Close. We just don't get to do IVs because I was a combat lifesaver uh, when I was in, and I so, was too. So we don't do we don't do IVs. I asked about that. I asked our, <laughs> our guy that. So the guy that does this training is actually a trooper, and he is a um, medic that runs with the ambulance service in Gillette. So, um, but he does both of those that he has, he was, I believe he'd gotten as high as a paramedic at one time before he got into law enforcement and Jason just has a passion for this. And oh, great. so it's nice to have that, that institutional knowledge within our agency for him to be able to, to share that with us. But I gave him a hard time and I'm like, dude, I used to do this when I was 19. Like, why <laughs> yeah. is this the big deal for me when I'm 40? Yeah. And he's like, Eric, you're not going to stick people. <laughs> Come on, man. That was one of the best parts. I know, right? It was one of the best parts. You know, in the military, they stopped allowing combat lifesavers to give you that stick, too. No way. Yes, they did. They Hmm. took that away. Uh, That was, to them, they just moved that up into the level of the medic. Okay. Uh, You know, with all the injuries and everything that were happening in Iraq, it was more about stop the bleeding. Yeah. That was the number one goal. Which makes sense. Yeah. And so they kind of pivoted on that. Uh, but I, I was part of the combat lifesaving course when we were still putting IVs in yep. folks. And uh, boy, I'm here to tell you, once you get past, you know, the needle thing, mm-hmm. and getting an IV was fantastic. You oh. know, I volunteered every time. I was happy to get the, that yes. liquid. Now, um, I would say it's probably safe to say that our troopers know their vehicles pretty well. Uh, how often, uh, since this is kind of your horse, yeah. Uh, how often do you guys train on things like defensive or offensive driving? Yeah, um, I would like, personally, I would like for us to do that more, right? That's what we do every single day. We try to do it as often as we can. The difficult part of that is the logistics of it, finding an area that a lot, that we can close off to be able to do that, right, um, to set up a big cone course and do that. I think the last time we did that was about four years ago. We went over to the old um, airport in Thermopolis and set up a cone course and, and ran our cars through that. So um, every trooper gets a bunch of training when they first initially go through our academy. So they get a lot of it at first. And then, I mean, that's what they do every day is they drive and drive and drive and drive. So, um, but 
it, there's a lot of wear on tires when we go through those courses. You'll you'll destroy a set of tires in a day oh, going wow. through our 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 cone course, and you're pushing your car really really hard. Yeah. So um, the expense to that and just trying to find an area to be able to do it makes it hard. But we try. We definitely try um, to to do it as often as we can. Um, I would love, like I said, personally, I would love for us to be able to do it a little more often if we could, but logistics make it difficult. And we were coming out of a time period here for the last little while where funding is tight. We can't yeah. just wear down vehicles and tires, mm-hmm. uh, even for critical training like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, what you get uh, in the academy is going to kind of have to hold it over for a little bit yeah and and speaking of that funding i don't have much time left with you but i i was wondering about your manpower uh within Mm -hmm. the district right now i know that the the highway patrol went through a bit of a a struggle Mm -hmm. to to throw some butts in those seats how are you guys holding up so up here we're doing we're doing okay we're across the district i believe we're four short so we're doing well in comparison to other areas of the state we're still as a state um, around 50 vacancies. So we still have quite a few vacancies, um, to fill across the state here locally within the district. We're doing, we're doing pretty good and we're holding our own and guys are, guys are sticking it out and working hard. Good. That's great to hear. Uh, sir, I want to thank you for giving me so much time this morning. It's good to see you. Absolutely. (laughs) It's good to see you face to face. Heck yeah. We broke the curse, my friend. Good deal. deal. All right. You and your team stay safe out there. Thanks, man. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Wyoming State Parks, historic sites and trails about the Sky Observatory at Fort Phil Kearney. You don't want to miss this. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Are you wondering what your business is worth? Or have you considered buying or selling a business? Contact me, Alicia Cox, Certified Valuation Professional at Harker Mellinger to discuss how a business valuation can help you determine the proper values in gifting, estate planning, and the purchase or sale of your business. Harker Mellinger has been providing professional valuation services since 1995. Schedule an appointment today to discuss how a business valuation can work for you. Parker Mellinger, located at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. 
Find Atlas Chiropractic at their new location, 41 East Burkett. They're still offering the same great service to all new and existing patients. If you have aches and pains or debilitating back or shoulder conditions, call Dr. Colin Hardy, 672-6000. He can alleviate your pain, reduce your physical stress, and boost and maintain your immune system function. With each adjustment, your central nervous system is supported and strengthened. Call Dr. Hardy, 672-6000. Schedule your appointment with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic, now at 41 East Burkett. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Hi, this is Colton Bates with the Bates team at Best. While more isn't always better, when working with a real estate team, it certainly can be as each agent has a specialized role. Working with the team also offers a ton of flexibility. For those that are seeking a primary agent to build rapport with, the other agents can act as a support system. The opposite is true for those focusing on 24-7 service. A team of pros balancing their respective roles is the easiest way to accomplish this. So start working with the best today and choose the Bates team. Call us at 675-BEST and visit bestwy.net. Proudly brokered by eXp. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by First Interstate, or excuse me, First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. Now, perhaps you've seen it. The beautiful white domed building up at Fort Phil Kearney. The Skylab Observatory at Fort Phil Kearney offers us a glimpse into the heavens right here in our own backyard. My guest this morning is from the Wyoming State Parks, Historic Sites, and Trails, Absaroka District. Welcome, Interpretive Ranger, Lindley Mayer. Did I say that last name right? You did, yes. <laughs> uh, we got to have you on more. Uh, welcome back to the show. You and I talked when you first started the job. We did. I had only been in a few months at that point. What do you think? I'm loving it. Love the area. Love the sites I get to work at. Love the people that come and visit with us. And the work is just so much fun and getting to connect people to our resources. You know, uh, I was born here in Wyoming, uh, grew up here in Wyoming, but I was probably 25, 26 years old before I learned about the amazing history that this area actually has. And, and to be able to go up to Fort Phil Kearney and visit these sites of where these, you know, these absolute figureheads of history uh, did their jobs. Absolutely. Getting to step back in time right where it's at and seeing, I mean, you read about these things growing up and watch them on TV and then actually getting to experience them firsthand. There's nothing like it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the wars you know, and with with the Bozeman Trail and the importance of that trail to us, uh, you know, these things, if it wasn't for, for sites like this, would just be lost. And And I've been able to say I have stood where Crazy Horse stood. I have stood, you know, where all these important figures have stood and looked and, and seen down into the valleys where these, you know, sometimes horrific events took place. 
Yes, we look back at the good and the bad in order to move forward. Uh, and that's what we get to do is looking back. And like, it's, like you said, it's not all good, uh, but we get to see what happened and see what we might want to continue or what we might want to change for the future. And I think that's hugely significant. So, you know, just touching base real quick, we'll, we'll talk about the Skylab, but I, I'm always curious as to... What led you into this line of work? Was it the fascination with the people of history? Was it fascination of the events itself? For me, I'm a story historian. I uh, Dates and names, are they have their place and they're necessary. But I'd rather concentrate on how the story unfolded and what happened and the interplay amongst people and really going into how humans uh, are able to react to situations and how they go about making decisions and how they react to each other. Uh, And that is what I love about history. It's not all the dates and names, but getting to really focus in on that story. And learning the humanity of it. I mean, uh, that's, that's what those stories really are, isn't it? I mean, it shows the pain it it shows the strength and the determination of a people and and it's fascinating to read you know i haven't sat down and read a journal from someone back there but i've read excerpts you know here mm-hmm. and there and just the struggle itself the day-to-day struggle itself is something that you know maybe some of us have a hard time connecting with but we can always connect to it yes even if we have a hard time connecting to their specific circumstances we can read those journals and connect to what they're what they went through just on a human level and uh, be able to have the same feelings and some of the same maybe thoughts as they were having and put ourselves in their places a little bit and then decide what we would do. Would we do it the same? Would we do it differently? Yeah. How do we go on from there and write our own journals? You know, I'll tell you, I'm a bit envious of what you get to do every day and where you get to go because the, (laughs) you know, we have some fantastic history right here in our district. Now, uh, when, About when are we going to look at opening up after the season? Yes. So May 1st is going to be our official first day of opening our interpretive center. Uh, We currently are in a process of that. Uh, We've torn down a lot of our exhibits in preparation of an addition to our interpretive center. And so I'm currently in the process of creating some temporary exhibits of to fill the entire space until we have our permanent ones next year in our new interpretive center. We currently have bids that are being accepted uh, this month and they're hoping to award the winning bid in April and hoping that construction can begin in May or as soon as the contractor is ready. So we're looking forward to some exciting times right now too. Absolutely. That's exciting. How cool is that? Yeah. Uh, that you get to build that stuff. Um, what, what, is the exhibit going to look at? Can we can we explore that just a little bit? Can you give me just a... Sure. So I'm still working out some of the details, but we know that we're going to have 
and section that focuses on the fort, how it was built, the Bozeman Trail coming through, uh, all three forts along the Bozeman Trail, actually, uh, and how the military was there. Then we're going to have a section for the indigenous peoples that were there and explain the history of their presence. Uh, I mean, they had this land for generations before the military came in uh, and they were fighting for their land. And so we really want to tell that story. So we'll have a section on that. And then we're going to have a section on either one of both. Sorry, We're going to have a section on both of the battles that took place, the wagon box fight and then also the Fetterman fight or the hundred in the hand fight. They're the same uh, the same fight that took place. I'm currently in the process of building a wagon box that we can have as part of the exhibit. Oh, how cool. And then in the middle, we're going to have a section on archaeology and a lot of the archaeology that took place and really how we continue to learn about the history uh, of the fort and continue to build our knowledge base of what happened there through that archaeology. So we're going to have all of those sections as well as a video that explains it, a diagram that uh, former Superintendent Bob uh, Wilson had put together and really helps give an idea of where the buildings were at at the fort and helps tell that story. So those are going to be our temporary exhibits this year uh, to help tell all those different pieces that make what Fort Phil Kearney is and make it the historical landmark site that it is today. And then we'll be working through all of the content to uh, create the permanent exhibits next year in the new Interpretive Center. How amazing is that? It's such a fantastic uh, uh, position that you get to, to be in. And, and I mean, are you part of the discussions of this is what we're going to show? Thankfully, yes. <laughs> and that's part of my job as an interpretive ranger. I get to work with Sherry Shada, the superintendent. Love her. She's so great. She is. And I know she's going to come on and I'll uh, hear in another week or two about Trail End. Uh, but I get to work with her and then also Misty uh, Moore. She's our, we call it district manager, work with both of them to create all of these exhibits and hopefully make it something that. Uh, our visitors are going to be able to learn from and really get to experience the site with. You know, that site has so much to offer, not just in terms of history, but, uh, you know, a little kid, an aspiring archaeologist can go up there and look at all the work that's been done. And and one thing that I do, uh, we want to talk about, an aspiring astrophysicist can go up there as well and find something for them with the Skylab. Can you tell me about Skylab. I mean, I've seen it a hundred times. Uh, yes, I love it's it. kind of that mystery thing it there, is, right? A bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we do, we get questions about it quite often. Uh, roughly five years ago, they went through reaching out to the community to get the Skylab Observatory. Uh, and it's really this dome structure that has a high powered telescope in it. Uh, and then COVID hit, and so uh, the space inside was not uh, really conducive to having a lot of people in there with the restrictions that were placed, and so it sat there for quite some time, and now we're in the process of trying to get it back functioning correctly and making the public aware that this is available again. So we're hoping that this year is kind of that awareness. We've got it going. We're trying out a few things, but trial and error. And then next year, we're hoping to really make it so that the public can come in and do research studies or they can really uh, 
set up a time to come look through the telescope, maybe track a planet, track stars. Uh, we're also hoping to get some software going uh, so that we could do some digital programs and being able to show the night sky digitally uh, through YouTube and other sources to be able to do it both on site and away from it. So it began with a community effort, and we're wanting to continue that, hopefully making it still a community thing. Uh, and so we're asking that if anyone is interested in helping with it, we'd love to know about it. And you don't have to be an astronomer. You don't have to know anything about the night sky. We're looking for people that can help us maintain it maintenance-wise. It periodically, there's some ball bearings where the dome and the base sit, and they have to be realigned every so often. And so and it's relatively heavy. Yeah. And so we need several people to help with that. Uh, also, the top part, there's a section that will pull back so that the telescope can see through it, and that needs realigned periodically too. So we're looking for some people that can help us with that. Uh, we'd also, we're going to be doing some programming and events this summer and hopefully for years to come. Uh, two of them is going to be uh, June 29th. We're going to tell constellation stories. Oh, how wonderful is that? <laughs> and so we're going to, there's a, this program uh, called Stellarium and it will project the night sky onto the walls. And so we're going to tell some of the constellations, hopefully both some indigenous as well as some Greek and Roman ones. Uh, and then it'll be a chance for the visitors to be able to pick out certain stars and create their own constellations. So we'll have a few activities going on with it too. And then on July 19th, we're doing a star party. And so that's where this telescope's really going to play a role into it. We're bringing in several portable telescopes to kind of move around and see different things. But this is where the public's going to get a chance to go and see the telescope inside that dome. We'll also have some kids' activities uh, to talk about astronomy. And we'll have some refreshments provided by our friends group, the Bozeman Trail Association. So we're doing those and people that want to help with those programs we'd love to have individuals that want to help with the children's um, activities those that may have a telescope that want to come see it we'd love to have people that want to do that and continue that into the future we'd also we're hoping as i said to get that software and so anybody with some computer hardware software skills that would want to help out with something like this uh we're Anyone that wants to volunteer, I'd be happy to talk with uh, and see how we can help make them a part of this project and really make it a community effort. Wow. So we're looking for, for individuals who can who can basically go out there and, and, hey, you got a strong back, you got some strong thighs, help us lift some stuff. But then we need some very specific individuals, maybe in the world of programming and coding. Absolutely. Yes. So we're hoping that next year and into the future, we can provide those digital assets uh, and having someone with the computer knowledge that can help us set that up would be phenomenal. Have you guys explored uh, speaking with Sheridan College and, and maybe uh, kind of having them come out and help a little bit? Just a little bit. And I'd love to more. Uh, I'd love to build that partnership even more. I've also reached out to a gentleman in Buffalo uh, that's connected with one of the schools and with some astronomy programming uh, to see if they'd be willing to help us with this as well. 
Uh, so, but I'd like I say, I'd like to put the call out to helpfully build those partnerships as well. And I'll continue to reach out. And if they want to reach out to me, I'd love to talk to them. Absolutely. Uh, this sounds like it's going to be a fantastic series of events. Uh, you know, with COVID, it kind of put the, the kibosh on a lot of great activities that were supposed to go on. And this was essentially, from, from what you're telling me, this was just about to take off. When everything hit. It was. It was right before. And it was used for a year or two. Uh, and some programming did take place. We're but still like kind of said, learning how we could use it, right? Yes. Yes. We've got all these ideas. And we know that we can tell the story of light pollution. We can tell constellation stories and all of these other things. But we're still growing and building and learning with this program, too. But essentially, the Skylab really is the people's observatory here in the Sheridan region. It really is. And that's what we'd like to continue to make it to. We want to make it accessible to the public. Now, uh, if, if someone out there's listening to the show and they're like, holy cow, I can help with this. This is something I want to help with. What do they need to do? Who do they need to contact? I'd love for them to contact me. They can either contact me via email, lindley.mayor at yo.gov, or by phone, Three zero seven seven five two one four two nine, and either way is good with me. <laughs> this sounds like it's going to be a really exciting series of events, and it's only going to be the first of them. Uh, so you can get a foot in the door right now. You can volunteer. You can. Sounds like you can do a whole array of activities up there. Uh, from like we said picking something up to program the computer to figure out where to find something in that night sky. Absolutely. If you're just interested, that's all we need. And I've started a list already with some that have reached out. So even if you really don't have a specific uh, uh, job, uh, we'll call it, in mind, you'll find one for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's something you can just do. Just looking for that interest, that spark. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, when it comes to the, the other parts of the fort, are you guys looking for volunteers to help out with any of, of those aspects? History, presentations, uh, or maybe just watching the counter? Sure. Uh we're always looking for volunteers that want to help and willing to talk to them individually to see what would fit their skill set the best. Uh, coming in, I've tried to start our friends group, the Bozeman Trail Association, has done, it's a complete volunteer group, and they do a number of wonderful programs for us. It's just fantastic. Uh, and you can see all of their events on fortphilcarney.com on the events tab. Uh, they've got a number coming up this year, and they're going to be really fun. Uh, I believe they're even partnering, partnering with the Brenton Museum, too, this year on one of them. Uh, so that's one volunteer opportunity, and we always need people to help with those. Uh, but I'm also, we've got school tours that we have in May, and we could use uh, individuals' interest in helping with that. Uh, those that want to just be there in case somebody needs a tour. I can be that person that can help provide a level of comfort in how to do tours, how to do programs, and then they can go provide those tours for the public. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. Lindley, real quick, one more time, give me that email address. Yes, so it's lindley.mayor at yo.gov. So it's L-I-N-L-E-Y dot M-A-Y-E-R. Lindley, I want to thank you so much for coming into the show this morning. I'm really looking forward to this year. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE.
103.9 FM. Share. Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, LifeLink of Sheridan County is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. We offer free HVAC cleaning estimates. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, 25 to 40 percent of the energy used for heating or cooling a home is wasted. Contaminants in your HVAC system cause it to work harder and shorten the life of your system. Call for your free estimate and start saving money today by making your system more cost-effective and reducing how hard it has to work to maintain your home's temperature. Captain Clean, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. A tradition that started in 1934 is continuing into the new name and ownership of Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. You're still seeing the same faces that you've come to know at Hammer Chevrolet, now with the new name of Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. Same service department, sales team, parts, collision center. Waring Sheridan Chevrolet, honored to carry on the tradition of being Sheridan's top-tier full-service dealership. Stop by and welcome new general manager Tim Kugler and new sales manager Nolan Lemires. Hammer Chevrolet, now Waring Sheridan Chevrolet, a 107 East Alger. It's the final week of Moss Holders' American-made furniture sale. Moss Holders carries USA-made furniture for nearly every room in your house. So whether you're needing a new mattress, updating your sofa or sectional, or looking for a new bedroom or dining set, Moss Holders has American-made products that are on sale now. In stock or special order, every USA-made product will be discounted. Come support American workers and get quality furniture for your space. Moss Holders' American-made sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. It's time to spring into action and bid on the Spring Into Savings online auction at SheridanMedia.com. We've got plenty of items for spring cleaning for health and wellness or for just plain fun. Restaurant certificates, retail store certificates for Sheridan and Buffalo restaurants. You can place bids on golf, movie theater passes, dog training, spa certificates, and tons of items for your spring projects. Browse all the items, place your bid, check back. Spring into savings online auction on now at SheridanMedia.com. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930. KROE, Sheridan. KROE. 